It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Coming to you from the heart of Silicon Valley, this is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Nick Nolenberger. Hello, Barracuda fans, and welcome to our first off-season edition of CUDA Confidential. I'm Nick Nolenberger. In this episode, we'll hear from both Scott Housen, the CEO and president of the American Hockey League, and Barracuda Director of Business Operations, Eric Grunfast. As it was announced earlier this week, the Barracuda would be the 2024 hosts of the American Hockey League's All-Star Classic. We'll also talk about which former Barracuda players are still competing for both the Stanley Cup and the Calder Cup. We'll also talk New Jersey's, a potential outdoor game, and the 2022 NHL Draft. Although the Barracuda are not competing for the Calder Cup this year, the Calder Cup playoffs are in full swing for the first time since 2019. In fact, the Pacific Division's first round is officially complete as all three winners swept their best-of-three series. Only the Bakersfield Condors were able to advance as a lower seed, beating the Abbotsford Canucks two games to nothing at the Abbotsford Center. Round number two will shift from a best of three series to a best of five series. The top team in the AHL during the regular season, the Stockton Heat, will take on the Bakersfield Condors, last year's divisional winners, and the Ontario Reign will square off with the Colorado Eagles. As of earlier this week, there were still 11 Barracuda alumni competing for the AHL's ultimate prize. Goaltender Antoine Bebo and forward Alexander True are members of the Charlotte Checkers. Goaltender Sam Harvey is now a member of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins. And forward Marcus Vela is a member of the Hershey Bears. Defenseman Robbie Russo is under contract with the New Jersey Devils and is on the Utica Commons. Mark Alt, Barracuda alternate captain who was traded right before the AHL's trade deadline, is a member of the Rochester Americans along with former Shark and Barracuda goaltender Aaron Dell. Former Barracuda forward Curtis Gabriel is a member of the Rockford Ice Sox. And former Barracuda forward Stephen Nason and defenseman Kevin Fitzgerald are on the Chicago Wolves. Former Barracuda D-man Keaton Middleton is on the Colorado Eagles. Former Barracuda defenseman and San Jose Junior Shark alum Matt Tennyson is on the Milwaukee Admirals. In the NHL, there are still six former Barracuda players competing for the Stanley Cup, including defenseman Jake Middleton of the Minnesota Wild, forward Ryan Carpenter of the Calgary Flames, forward Evander Kane of the Edmonton Oilers, forward Colin Blackwell of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and forwards Johnny Brodzinski and Barkley Goodrow of the New York Rangers. Of course, Goodrow has won consecutive Stanley Cups as then a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning. After a couple of weeks of social media teases, the Barracuda finally revealed their blackout sweater, marking the first time in franchise history in which it will have a black uniform in its full-time rotation. 
It also marks the first time in which the team will have a script logo instead of the fish crest on the chest. Barracuda will don the black jerseys on opening night at TechCU Arena on October 22nd. The team also revealed it would reveal two other additional jerseys throughout the summer as part of a complete refresh going into the brand new arena. In other exciting TechCU Arena news, the seats have officially begun to be put into place. Of course, the arena is expected to open in late August. We'd like to send a big congratulations to Barracuda captain Jacob Magda, who signed a two-year extension with the Sharks on Monday. That's a deal that was very much well-deserved. Magna began the season, of course, with the Barracuda, where he had spent the prior season. But once he got his full-time opportunity with the Sharks, he never looked back. If I had to guess, I think the Barracuda will probably have to name a new captain going into this upcoming season. Because I don't expect Magna to spend much time in the American Hockey League. Also on Monday, the NHL had its draft lottery. The Sharks had the 11th best odds of landing the number one pick in the 22 NHL draft and the lowest odds among any team at just 3%. After everything was said and done, the Sharks did not move at all, so they will pick number 11 overall at the 2022 draft, which will be held in Montreal in early July. Notable number 11 overall picks, Anze Kopitar, Jeff Carter, and Jerome McGinley. In Sharks history, they drafted Jeff Friesen, number 11 overall. Friesen will go on to play 10-plus years in the NHL, and pick up a Stanley Cup ring with the New Jersey Devils. The Pacific Division has been racking up the hardware. Stockton head coach Mitch Love was named the A.R. Pieri Memorial Award winner as the AHL's most outstanding coach in his first season in the American Hockey League. Dustin Wolf, Gilroy native, also a member of the Stockton Heat, was named the Aldi's Baz Bastien Award winner as the AHL's most outstanding goaltender. Jordan Gross, defenseman for the Colorado Eagles, was given the Eddie Shore Award as the AHL's most outstanding defenseman. For TJ Tynan picked up the Les Cunningham Award as the AHL's most valuable player for the second straight year. In other AHL news, it was officially announced by the Seattle Kraken that its American League affiliate, which is set to begin play next year, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, would begin its first campaign playing out of Seattle in Climate Pledge Arena. The Firebirds have a brand new arena being built, but it will not be ready for the start of the 22-23 season. So there is a chance the Barracuda could make their way up to Seattle and take on the Firebirds at some point next season. It would make sense that the Barracuda would take on the Firebirds and then maybe even the Abbotsford Canucks, given the proximity between the two cities. In really exciting news for the organization, it was announced by the American Hockey League that the Barracuda have been awarded the 2024 AHL All-Star Classic, which will be held in February of 2024 at Tech CU Arena. When we come back, we'll hear from both Scott Housen, the CEO and President of the American Hockey League, and Eric Grunfast, the Director of Business Operations for the Barracuda, as the two touched on a plethora of topics when they spoke to the media on Tuesday. This is Cuda Confidential. On Tuesday, both the local and national media had an opportunity to talk to both Scott Housen, the CEO of the American Hockey League, and Eric Grunfast, the Director of Business Operations for the Barracuda, to talk about the American Hockey League's announcement that the Barracuda would host the 2024 AHL All-Star Classic at Tech CU Arena. 
2024 will mark the second time in the AHL's history in which it'll take the All-Star Classic to the Golden State. The Ontario Reign hosted in 2020. So why was San Jose an attractive destination for the AHL's most marquee event? Scott Housen filled us in. It's, uh, it's a lot of things. It's, uh, I think it's a, a very significant step for the franchise to get this their own building. Uh, it's a perfect size for the American League. It's a perfect size for, for, uh, for the Barracuda. And we wanted to showcase it to the, to the world and to the players. And, uh, it is a marquee event for us. Uh, we just think, um, you know, it's going to be in Laval. And then uh, to go back out west after a very successful event in Ontario uh, three years ago, I guess now, or, um, we think San Jose is just a perfect fit. It's, uh, it, it, it's a really attractive location. Um, and and let, our, let our board and let our players see what San Jose is about. It's a beautiful city. And, uh, it's got a, a rich rich hockey tradition there with the Sharks and we want to keep building on that. Playing out of the SAP Center for its first seven years of existence obviously provided some challenges for an American Hockey League franchise. The biggest reason being the fact that SAP Center is by far bigger than almost any arena in all the AHL and is suited for a National Hockey League team. Housen says, with the Sharks being one of the model franchises in the NHL over its history and its continued commitment to development, the league always knew there was a long-term plan for the Barracuda. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, we always knew there was a long-range plan here on, on behalf of the Sharks to, to do something, and, and it, it took a while to figure it out, but to get this building built, and uh, there was never never much concern They were that Sharks have been a model franchise in the NHL. And, and, uh, and they've been a, a huge supporter of the American League. It was very important to them, I think, although I wasn't part of the decision at the time. I was with the Edmonton Oilers, and we made a similar decision to get their prospects out west and get them closer to home. And, uh, it was just a good fit, and now we're just going to see them build on that with, uh, with a brand-new facility and, and, and be able to market their team. The Barrow could have coined their move to TechCU Arena as an organizational refresh. Director of Business Operations Eric Grunfast says the Barracuda want to be known as a marquee organization in the American Hockey League. And hosting the AHL's All-Star Classic is just one of many steps the club hopes to make in the coming years. You know, we want to be looked at as uh, affordable family fund in uh, in the marketplace and, and in the community. We, we want to be looked at as, as a top model organization in the American Hockey League. You know, take some of the experience that I have previously from uh, from Iowa, and that became a, a marquee organization in the American Hockey League, and both in the business side and the community side. Um, but we we really are going to pride ourselves on on affordable family fun, giving back to to the community, getting our players out, and and that's something that I talk about with Joe quite a bit. Joe Will, that is, that um, you know we want to groom these players both on the ice and off the ice to get them out into the community, going to Sharks Ice, going to school events, going to uh, the community events along with our staff, and, and really get back. And, and that'll help grow them both per- personally and professionally. And I, I think that's something that you're going to start to see a shift in your organization at the, uh, the Barracuda level. For Grunfast, who spent several years with the Iowa Wild in the AHL, building that program into one of the top teams in all the American Hockey League, he described a local and national media exactly what a model AHL franchise looks like. I think it starts with, with having a strong staff and 
and and we have that currently. We when I got here, there was exactly one person on staff, and, and he happens to be on this call. His name is Nick Nolenberger. Um, so there was, you know, there's nobody on the staff. So um, we had to build out an entire staff for up to 15 people full time in the organization. And and then from there, you know, a good model organization is it's it's not only not only about the wins and losses on the ice. Um, it, it's about putting on a good product and a good entertainment value, and and that's what I think we're we're going to pride ourselves on, and, and you'll see us start to do is is um, and shoot, this was back in my Albany River Rats days, back in like 2008, 2009, for some of you historians. But um, we did an exit exit uh, questionnaire for fans, and we asked fans who won or lost the game on the way out, and like 85 percent of the fans didn't know who won or lost the game. The 15 or you know, 15% were season ticket holders, right? That uh, that were the game, but um, the rest just just knew that they came out and they had a good time, and and that's what we're we're gonna try and own is it doesn't necessarily what matter matter what happens on the ice. You're not gonna win every game. You're not gonna go undefeated, but as long as you came out and your kid was on the scoreboard or your you know you caught a t-shirt or you uh, you made some good memories with your friends or you know, golf buddies or, or whoever it was, your your youth hockey or gold hockey teammates. Um, as long as you came out and you had a good time and and want to come back, like that's that's our end goal. The Sharks have twice hosted NHL All-Star Games, most recently in 2019 at the SAP Center. The 2024 Classic will be the first time in which the American Hockey League comes to the Bay Area. Beyond just the pageantry that goes into the American Hockey League All-Star Classic, there's an economic impact as well. Here's Scott Housen. We have, uh, you know, not only the, the 45 or 50 players coming in and their family members, we have our whole board coming in. We have Board of Governors meetings uh, the day before. Um, we have our Hall of Fame induction, uh, which is a virtual Hall of Fame. AHL uh, Hall of Fame induction on the day of the game. So there are, uh, you know, well over 100 to 150 people probably coming in, uh, maybe 200, and uh, all getting hotel rooms, all obviously uh, eating out and, uh, and, and in the restaurants and whatever, and just experiencing whatever San Jose has to offer. Barring any divisional realignment, there will be 10 teams in the American Hockey League's Pacific Division in 2022-23, with the Coachella Valley Firebirds officially joining the AHL, increasing California from five to six teams. Scott Housen talked about the phenomenal growth of the game on the West Coast. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been phenomenal. I mean, when you think about it, it started with five teams, and it was, uh, you know, a cluster of teams, mainly the California teams the Calgary that wanted to get their prospects close and wanted to have a bit of a different development model. Terms of the number of games played, and uh, and now it's just grown, and, and teams saw the value having their 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 prospects close. Henderson, our Las Vegas went out and bought a team and, uh, and and put it right in Henderson. Uh, so it's really grown. Probably I wasn't part of uh, obviously at the league level when it started, but it's it's grown uh, a lot quicker than than it has uh, than it was been expected, and uh, and. Uh, I mean, I think it's, 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 in terms of hockey, it's as good a division as there is in the American Hockey League uh, with the quality of play. If you look at the four teams that are left in the playoffs, they're, they're, uh, they're all very, very strong teams. So I think it's fulfilled its uh, vision for, for the NHL teams, and uh, now it's growing even larger. 
So what are season ticket holders thinking about all these events at Tech CU Arena? Like the rookie faceoff and now the AHL All-Star Classic. Eric Runfast on the reaction so far. Really happy with how it's gone so far. We've uh, we've almost doubled in, uh, in size from a number of seat perspective. And um, there was a lot of excitement out there. The, with the feedback we're hearing is the fans are excited about some of the new benefits that we have. And they really just excited to have a, a prime focus on on uh, delivering first class customer service and 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 creating an environment that uh, that they're excited about. Beyond is drawing attention to the city of San Jose and the economic impacts of the HL All-Star Classic, as we alluded to. All-Star Games can also jumpstart local ticket sales and draw up interest for AHL hockey in the area. Eric Grunfast talked about that impact. That was something that I talked to Scott about when he came here and, and speaking with Chris Nicholas and Sean LeBoyne at the, uh, the league office. You know, it, it'll be a way for us to to continue to grow our footprint in the marketplace and, and really showcase that our games are affordable and, and they're fun. And it, it, again, like I said, it's a marquee event that the league puts on. So we, you know, there, there's things that we're going to be able to do to, to create access for season ticket holders for the battery members and uh and create the excitement about growing the popularity of uh you know the hl hockey in, in the south bay here i was gonna say like you know let's face it like we're that one of the positives of moving over to sharks ice is there's you know there's built-in hockey fans there right like there's i think the numbers between all three facilities it's it's something like 10 million people will come through that facility uh, with the new arena at least that's what they're projecting for numbers so that's you know that's some built-in fan base right there whether it's you know ice hockey figure skating rec hockey um curling you name it um you know it's all all ice sports so it's you know it's right away it's going to help us grow the brand and, and connect with with those that are already excited about the game but you know the fact that they can play on our ice and, and have a pro experience before one of our games that now that's the thing that gets gets us really excited. The All-Star Classic will also continue to grow awareness about the league as a whole. Scott Housen talked about the exposure that the AHL All-Star game can provide. Oh, well, I think I think the thing that sticks out for me, Patrick in Ontario was the exposure uh, we got when Martin Burke set the all-time record uh, for the hardest shot and not just up on, uh, on uh, in the media out there and social media and that was that was a great moment for our league and to have a player accomplish that at our all-star event so you're hoping for some of those moments but really it's just increasing exposure uh introducing our product and, and really i mean we have a long long history of, of players that participate in this game that become very good you know players in the in the nhl i think george pennington uh, played in the uh, All-Star Classic, and he won the Stanley Cup with, uh, with the St. Louis Blues, Cam Atkinson, and the list goes on and on. So it's exposing these players at a younger age before they've uh, before they graduate, graduated the NHL and, and, and really seeing that, uh, exposing those players that, so that people can see uh, just the quality of athletes we have. 
As the Barracuda move into a new arena, it has a new bargaining chip when it comes to free agent players. There are plenty of things that make San Jose an attractive destination for players. One, of course, the weather. Two, the proximity between the NHL and AHL franchises. But also now the top-notch facilities for the American Hockey League Club. Eric Grunfast, who came from the Iowa Wild and joined the Barracuda last August, used his own personal example as what his sales pitch would be to players deciding on where they wanted to play. I think the, the same thing that attracted me when, when San Jose was trying to bring me out here, frankly, it's uh, you know the dead of winter when, when you're in the Midwest, you're in the, the Northeast, it's 20 degrees and there's a foot of snow on the ground. I mean, I... Uh, I think New Year's Day or, or the day after New Year's, I was golfing out here at 75 degrees. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's a nice weather aspect for sure. The um, the proximity to the big club, um, I think, is nice. And um, this, this brand new facility, I, I can't stress enough how nice it's going to be. We, we have our own dedicated space. We have our own. It, it's a it's a brand new shiny toy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've walked it. I've walked it a ton. And it's, you know, I, I think that's something that's attractive to, uh, to, uh, to veterans, right? Is, is something where it's, it's turnkey, it's nice, and it's, it's something that they want to be a part of. And, and that's the thing that I think, uh, you know, personally excited me and I think will excite some of the players as well. Scott Housen says beyond just the weather, it's the Sharks' commitment to development that certainly makes San Jose an attractive destination. I tour the facility, I mean, I think Eric hit it right on the, the head of the nail is that it, part of it is the facility and, and the resources that the Sharks and the Barracuda have put in um, to, to helping these players uh, creating an environment that's conducive to development. And uh, I know the Sharks have put a lot of thought and a lot of resources into facility and how it's going to play for the players. And I think that's a huge thing. So going into the building, what type of changes from an in-game experience should fans expect moving forward as the team moves from SAP Center to the brand new Tech CU Arena. Eric Grunfast filled us in. You can look at our game scripts that we had in the past, and you're, you're going to see some vast differences. We, we started to implement some at the end of the year. We uh, we implemented a T-shirt cannon, which you know, which is cool, but it, it's it's something that that fans hadn't seen before. It shoots like ten T-shirts in five seconds. Um, simply adding just, just little things. Adding uh, better lighting effects when the players come out onto the ice, adding fog machines, um, better uh, media timeouts, uh, more unique intermission games, um, opportunities for fans to uh, to win prizes during the game. Um, just simple things such as music. I mean, I I've brought in a uh, a game ops consultant who, uh, who I've known for a long time, and uh, frankly, we worked with him when I was in Iowa. And when, uh, when I was in Iowa, we won the game, game ops, the game presentation team of the year, a couple of years. And it's, it's just from making these, these what, what seem like small changes when you add them all up. It's, it's a big deal and it, it makes an impact. It, again, like when, when fans walk in, we want them to, to feel like they're walking into the Disney World, right? Like it's, it's something where, you know, they're spending money on entertainment and, and our um, our competition in the marketplace, like some people think in the marketplace, our competition is the the Niners or the Giants or 
the Oakland A's or the Warriors, and, and that's not our competition. Our competition is something where you can get your family a foreign for less than $100 on a group ticket, and, and that might be something like bowling or going to you know, a theme park, something like that. And so we want to create the atmosphere that, um, that fans will come in and their kids will have fun. They'll get on the video board. And, and the other thing to mention too, is we were playing in a 16,000 seat arena. Yeah. There's not a lot of AHL hockey teams that play in that big of a venue. So even when you get 3000 people in the building, it, it's tough, right? It's tough to, uh, to uh, get the crowd going and, and feel that energy. And I think you'll see here in a 4,200-seat arena, you get 3,000, 3,500 in the building. The players are going to feed off the energy. The fans are going to feed off each other. And it's, it's going to be rocking it loud. There's, there's only 13 rows in the arena. So it's, you're, you're going to feel like you're right on top of the ice. We, uh, we have a lot of unique things that we're, we're going to have in the arena. I think there's seven concession stands. There's a bar area on the north side of, I'm sorry, on the east side of the rink that literally butts up the glass. Like you could be at the bar and watch the game through the glass at the bar. We have Calder's, which is a brand new um, restaurant uh, that fans will be able to uh, to go to. We have um, a theater box. We have a party deck. Um, we're going to do things that appeal to the college kids with San Jose State, which is right next door to us. And um, obviously you have Cal Berkeley right up the road and Stanford right up the road. So there's, there's really, you know, something that we're going to own is there's something for everyone, whether you're, you know, 18 or 80, there's an appeal to, uh, to everybody at our games. One question raised by media was the potential of an outdoor game for the Barracuda in the future. Although we didn't commit to it 100%, Grunfast says it's in the works. It's, it's in the early stages. I, I'd, uh, I'd say to stay tuned. Um, we, you know, I, and this is something that I've, I've talked about at the, the senior level with the organization. And, uh, I know there's some, some excitement around, you know, around these events. We've, we've gone two for two so far, getting the, you know, the prospects tournament here and then all stars. So I would, uh, I would say to stay tuned for, uh, for more to come on that down the road. The rookie face off. Now the All-Star Classic, and maybe even an outdoor game? That's all part of the organization's goal to have big events coming to Tech CU Arena and to San Jose as a whole. Events that aren't just linked to the Sharks, but are individual to the Barracuda. So what are the expectations from a ticket sales standpoint this year? One thing the organization is focusing on are not only theme nights, but tied into theme nights group packages with new uniforms in the works a new arena new branding imagery and more as we mentioned the barracuda are going through what they are calling an organizational refresh we will release our next two jerseys in uh later july and early august um we uh we want to slowly release them uh release them out um obviously for a few reasons one is um to create some buzz especially during the summertime um, in that July-August time frame when maybe it's a little bit slow. Um, but two, to, uh, to continue to tell the story, right, we just released our, our blackout jersey, and um, we, uh, we announced we're going to have the, uh, the blackout on opening night with the, uh, the jerseys and a, a few other things that will happen during the evening. Um, but we, uh, you know, we're excited about the, uh, the next jersey reveal. 
Um, I, uh, I'm not going to give a sneak peek of what the colors are, but I, uh, I can say that one of them is going to be a little bit more unique than something that's uh, been seen in the past in the marketplace. So from a broadcasting standpoint, one thing on my list going into next year and into the future is the potential of getting some Barracuda games on television. As you heard from Eric Grunfast, the Barracuda want to be one of the marquee organizations in all the American Hockey League. And part of that is getting games televised. Look at the top teams in the AHL. They have games on TV. Now, we all know the challenges of being in the Bay Area and being in a major sports market with several professional teams, with multiple major league teams, an NBA team, an NHL team, an NFL team, it can be hard to find airtime. Despite those challenges, expect to see the Barracuda on TV next year. Uh, yeah, we, um, we're making progress on that. We actually, uh, Nick had a walk last Friday with a large group, and uh, we're making progress. I actually have a, uh, Nick and I have a call this afternoon with, uh, with one of the outlets that we're, we're talking to, but I, uh, I think uh, the group can expect to see 8 to 10 games broadcast, home games broadcast. Um, locally in, uh, in the marketplace next season and maybe expand on that the, uh, the year after. But, uh, but we're excited about that. Again, it's, <clears throat> and you can ask Nick the same thing. When, when I told him that that was something we were looking at, he, he was like, are you crazy? Like, you know, we can pull this off. And, and I said, you know, anything's possible if, if we, you know, think creatively and, and we put our mind to it. And, um, so I, I know we're excited to, uh, to announce that and um, you know stay tuned for uh, for more there that'll do it for this episode of Cuda Confidential a big thank you to both Scott Housen and to Eric Grunfast for their time with it now in the offseason Cuda Confidential has now gone from weekly to bi-weekly so we'll talk to you all in a couple of weeks until then I'm Nick Nolenberger saying thank you for listening and so long until next time <laughs>